1: Hello and welcome to the Andrea K. Show. It's even more fun because I'm actually doing something that hasn't been done right now here at the AM 1170 studios here in San Diego. I am actually broadcasting live on Facebook Live while I am recording tonight's show that will be broadcast right here at 6 p.m. It's, it's, it took a village to make this happen at the studio here today. So I got to thank you to the crew here. We got programming director Chris. We got our new guy Joe, who's taken over for Dylan. And we've got, of course, DJ Carrot Sticks.
2: Yeah, you know, you're always a trend center, Andrew.
1: I try to be. Like it. Yeah, well, thank you. So I'm um, glad to have you all with me. Hopefully you're able to hear me over there because we're trying not to Mariah Carey the situation here. We re- we really didn't have an opportunity to really kind of test this out. So hopefully it's going to go well. Um, you know, speaking of Mariah Carey, didn't everybody think that she was really the, the first celebrity career death of 2016? But actually, Mariah Carey is alive today and she's happy because guess who came out worse in 2017, actually, not 2016. Then Mariah Carey. Who's that? Meryl Streep. Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to spend any time talking about Meryl Streep because I, I try to not focus too much on people that boast that they only wash their hair once a week. Yeah, she actually said that one time. I mean, with all the money the woman has, she can't, you know, afford, you know, proper hygiene. She's got to show up at the Golden Globes wearing something that's covering a car in my garage right now. I mean, what's with that? What? You know, it just goes to show, I mean, so much has already been said about this, but I always put it out there to you guys, what topics, so many of you still wanted me to talk about Meryl Streep today. Um, So I got to thinking about it, uh, many of you don't know that I actually, I've actually done a little acting, like a tad bit of acting compared to Meryl Streep, and I will tell you, acting is far harder than it looks. It's very difficult to read words written by somebody else and bring life to it, that when they're words that didn't come out of your own brain, your own thoughts, your own soul, that's a really difficult thing to do. And she did it really well. She has done it really well over the years. Um, you You have to make audiences completely suspend disbelief to believe that you are that character. She made audiences believe that she was a woman that literally had to choose between two children to hand over one for the gas chambers. And now, in one fell swoop, in achieving, accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award, which I'm not even sure what that means, she managed to destroy that. How are people now supposed to sit in an audience and suspend disbelief for her when all that they could think about is, is her being a gas bag who Hamiltoned the majority of Americans? And that's exactly what she did. It's absolutely ridiculous um, you know, she, this is a woman who's famous for her accents, right? You know, whether it's in Australia accent, you know, when that dingo got her baby or whatever. She spoke in the accent of libtard, hypocritical jack wagon is what she did. And it was incredibly offensive because she didn't just defame Donald Trump. No, she, she attacked and defamed his supporters as well. This election was about the forgotten man, which she obviously has forgotten, as well as almost all of them out there. I mean, to think that Mel Gibson was one of the few people that had a a look like he had stepped in something on his face when she started to rant. Well, I think she stepped in something because it's the forgotten man that's fed her over the years. The forgotten man that can barely scrape together enough coins after a day of scraping coal out of mines, scraping together enough coins to buy a ticket to go see her. Who can even afford to go to the movies these days? By, By the time you buy two tickets and a tub of popcorn, you're in for a car payment. You know, she, oh, she was so heartbroken because, you know, Donald Trump mocked another reporter. Well, Obama has been mocking this country and mocking America for over eight years now. And why is it that she's not heartbroken over seeing images of a handicapped, disabled white man being tortured? Being terrorized, forced to drink toilet water and kiss the ground, being told to declare that he loves black people. Why is she not horrified by that? Why is she not horrified if she's such someone who's heartbroken for humanity? Why was she not horrified by videos discussing the shredding of babies and the selling of their parts? Why is she not horrified by reports? We have it on audio tape in this country of women, daughters, sisters, mothers. Being killed in honor, honor killings right here in this country. Why is she not horrified by little girls having their genitals cut off with rusty knives and no anesthesia? What's next, Meryl? Are you going to say that that's okay, that, that, that Planned Parenthood just needs to take that over and make sure that it's healthy? Is that now going to be, you know, health care for women through Planned Parenthood? Am I being absurd and hyperbolic? No more absurd than her lecturing anybody in this country. About what's offensive and about mocking, we have all been mocked. Talk about suspending disbelief. Talk about playing a role. We uh, Americans suspended their disbelief. They bought the fictional character of Obama, who was presented to us in some kind of Hollywood movie. They care the carefully crafted, cra- carefully crafted character, his background. From his, from his schooling and different names that he'd used and the sketchy circumstances of his Social Security card and his birth certificate. All of that scrubbed, not allowed to ask any questions. No, we were supposed to buy into the fantasy of the hope and change. Suspended our disbelief for him. We've been suspending our disbelief as Americans for eight years. Some of us started, started cluing in fairly early. I mean, he was mocking us when he was on the campaign trail in Cairo with the Muslim Brotherhood on the front row. For some reason, Meryl Streep and her ilk don't seem to be bothered. They're not heartbroken by what refugees from the Muslim, what the Muslim Brotherhood did in Cairo, for example, to Christians. You know, the, the Muslim Brotherhood, they can't wait to throw a burqa over her head. No, she's not heartbroken by that. Well, the, the, what she doesn't understand is the Americans have—the curtain's have been lifted. We are, we are no longer suspending our disbelief over what liberalism is about. They can't hide it anymore. The veil is off. Americans have figured it out. They just haven't figured it out in Hollywood. Liberalism is about control. It's about mocking the American system. It's about trying to transform us into other, some Marxist form of government. And every bit of it was rejected because the results of eight years— of that kind of transformation is it, the facts of it. It's not fiction. It's fact. And we all felt it here in this country. They didn't feel it. The limousine liberals didn't feel it up in La La Land because they're insulated. But we all felt it here. So maybe her next accent is going to be, you know, a, a movie, The Ode to Sharia in Farsi. Maybe that's going to be her next accent. But whatever it is, she can count me out because I, I, won't, be, I won't be going to see any more Meryl Streep Uh, movies and I doubt that too many of the forgotten man will be either well we're going to pick this up on the other side we're going to take a break and then we come back we're going to talk about others trying to force us to suspend our disbelief and and believe the fiction I don't know if you guys saw any of the sessions confirmation hearings this morning but all the crap coming out of the left I mean it's ridiculous and here to defend them is going to be a new friend of mine Adam Sostren so don't go anywhere more than the Andre K show on the other side of the break
3: Without a dream
4: in heart
5: to find you a home a home that you will build great memories in call me or text me at 619-992-7113 call me today i would be honored to help you find your dream home
0: Legacy. You're listening
4: to the Andrea K Show on AM eleven seventy The Answer.
1: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Watching live via Facebook, by the way. Thank you to that. Somebody said you should move the blue, the tray of blue stuff out of the way. Great comments coming in, by the way. Thank you, C V Burton, who's always got his finger on the pulse. He's right. You know, they're they you know, they're trying to buy a trying to sell us a pig in a poke. They're trying to sell us communism, Marxism, wrapped up in you know the fantasy of utopia. We know what the reality is, but you know I'm not sure that my next guest understands the reality. Adam Sostren is here with me, first time on the Andrea K show, but not the first time he's gone up against and, me because I met Adam over. At... I'm so
2: excited. Are I'm you? So excited to be on your show, and also I've taken a poke. A European vacation was one of my favorite movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, let's see if you're so is glad to be here in a few minutes from now, a, as you are right now. So um, <laughs> okay. I, I doubt you heard my open. It, it was a rant on Meryl Streep, who, you know, is the queen of acting, which is all about doing such a good job that the that the viewer is able to suspend the disbelief and forget in that moment that it's, you know, Brad Pitt and really think that it's this other individual. And that's kind of the game that the left had been playing on America for a while now, especially with Obama, you know, that putting forth this fictional character you know, agenda, trying to wrap a pig in a poke, trying to wrap Marxism and communism in something else and trying to feed it to us. And after eight years of it, the American people coughed it up like an old tuna salad sandwich that had been left in the glove compartment, Adam. Am I wrong? An
2: old tuna salad sandwich. Okay, well, so what is what is your um what is your query? How should I, how do you want me to, to well, answer? What I, do you want me to answer?
1: Well, okay, well, you know what, um... Let's start with a question, actually, that was posed to me by one of my Facebook listeners. He said, you should have a liberal call on the show and actually ask them what specific, and you're an attorney. It's one of the reasons why I invited you on. What specifics, you know, talking about pushing forth fiction and wrapping a pig in a poke and trying to sell a swill is this whole Russian hacking fake news story. What specific evidence is there that the Russians hacked and undermined our election?
2: Well, I mean, you know, what are we supposed to do, really? I mean, we, we get information from our government all the time saying certain things are occurring. I, I guess this we found out from the Director of National Intelligence, which, which oversees, like, you know, we have this, we probably have too many intelligence agencies, and it probably causes some confusion, right? But there's uh, some consensus, I guess, among the 17, you know, intelligence agencies uh, that there was uh, hacking uh, done at the behest of the Russian government, and, you know, y- you either can accept that or you can accept the statements of Julian Sange and, and or Donald Trump, um, who don't work in those communities, but really, I mean, at some point, you can't, you can't deny uh, reality. And, you know, otherwise, these, the institutions we have are just uh, meaningless. I know that there were mistakes that, that led up to the, you know, the, the war that we had, uh in Iraq, but you can't you can't completely discount uh anything, you know, any information that we get from these intelligence agencies. I think it's clear uh that there's been some kind of hacking. We even heard from uh the Trump campaign, right, from Ryan's previous that there was a uh, that the the campaign didn't deny well, uh, that well, there was Russian hacking, so it's not a fake story.
1: Well, let me let me interject here because I mm-hmm. asked what evidence. I have not heard any evidence of anything. Uh, that, what Ryan's Priebus and Trump acknowledge is that they tried to hack into the RNC and they were unsuccessful. And the question is, what right. evidence that they undermined our election? I, there's not even been any evidence. But let me let me say that there's been no evidence that it's been proven that they've actually hacked into anything. Um, you know, in regards to the intelligence community. I think we've all earned the right as Americans to question an intelligence community that, number one that number one wrote the talking points to cover up a conspiracy that involved four Americans that were left to die and an intelligence failure even though ambassador Stevens sent hundreds of requests begging for extra security and begging to be removed that was ignored the same intelligence community well, mean think- let, me, let me let me let me interject the same intelligence community yeah. that didn't heed Russia's warning about the sarnaive brothers who had been to terrorist training camps the same intelligence community that ignored uh, this woman who was brought here on a fiance visa and everything that she been doing in terms of, of pronouncing what she wanted to do for ISIS, or Nadal Hassan, who had Warrior for Allah on his business card. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I have no trust. On top of the fact that we have an Obama administration that has done everything he could do to corrupt our entire government. I mean, we when we have a Department of Defense that is teaching lessons in, in the army about the greatest threat being white privilege, I think we can di- <clears throat> we could discount anything coming out of this administration at this point.
2: Right. Well, I mean that that was a that was a good closing argument. Um,
1: Thank you, Judge. I think that you I, yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I think that you can't just you can't just discount the fact that there was hacking. I think there's a consensus that there was a hacking. Whether or not it affected the election, that is a type of intangible. I think uh, which which can't ever really be shown right i mean w- hillary had hillary had problems to begin with re- with respect to the the email server and the clinton foundation and things like that and her that was where that the was numbers really,
1: were in the toilet affected her yeah uh, sorry her, her poll number her trustworthiness and poll numbers were in the right. toilet from the beginning um, but sure. and, hey. and it does come but it does come back to Hillary because one of the things that nobody's talking about is they want everybody to be focused on whether or not Russia hacked in even though you know Podesta used password as his password but the reality is let's talk about the actual content and who it, you know if you can't if you snoop you could come into my house if I left my door you ain't gonna find that I was involved in any felonious activity like Hillary Clinton did you know that on Sunday night, the FBI released uh, information, did an email dump yes. that hundreds of classified information was that was transported to um, her staff um, had uh, had been hacked. Did you know that? Right. Yeah.
2: No, I, I, I had not read that story.
1: Yeah, um, nine hundred and forty emails with her personal account. Right. Uh, all at a confidential, right. uh, no, 300 of of the two were of uh, confidential, well, uh, classified look, wait, as mean, secret. These
2: things are all, these things are all worrisome. Uh, we know that they hacked. We know, I'm sure, other state actors uh, uh, could be involved in hacking of our elections, and we don't know how... Uh, for how long uh, things like that have been going on but we certainly know it sounds like that the russians were involved i don't think that the administration can tip its hand and reveal uh you know intelligence processes of you know of of how we acquire that data i i, I get that but whether or not it elected you know it affected the election that is something that we won't be able to you know prove proof positive of course uh, you know, there, there are plenty of, you know, Democrats that want to keep talking about it for the sake of, of course, they're unhappy about Hillary right uh, They're unhappy about Trump. Sorry. And, And I get that. And a lot of people understand that, but, uh, the, the real issue though, and, and, and I think it's an important one is, uh, we have to start getting to the bottom of these things. I think for too long, um, we've sort of, you know, we haven't done enough about these threats, so that's why they want these committees, that's why the Democrats want you know, something bipartisan. Uh, we really have to address these things because how unfortunate is it, right, uh, that some foreign actor uh, could try to uh, you know, impact our election uh, that that's horrible for our for yeah, our democracy. Yeah, it is, and that's and
1: that's one reason why Obama should not have been investing time and money in trying to undermine Benjamin Netanyahu in his election in Israel. And it's one reason why Hillary Clinton needs to be prosecuted for her felonious email scheme. Because we should have been operating for eight years with the understanding that every foreign actor was trying to hack into our systems. It's why we have the Espionage Act. It's why she her email server was was felonious and it's why she needs to be prosecuted and she willfully thumbed her nose and that the democrats that are concerned about about election integrity and the undermining of our democracy which we're really a republic needs to be concerned about death threats against electors they need to be concerned about what the democrat party did to bernie sanders and his supporters there's far more here that the democrats obviously don't want to delve into meanwhile yeah. while obama yeah. is is trying to you know hang um putin lover on label on trump we find out that that Obama approved Russia actually sending a huge shipment of uranium uh, to the country that has declared that it's their goal to wipe Israel and, and the United States off the map as part of his bad uh, Iranian nuke deal.
2: Well, you know, it's it's a little unclear to me. I mean, and of course, I don't support you know the uh, you know the United States trying to affect the election outcome in Israel. Um, it's it's a huge, it, it, it is a red flag. You know, it, uh, unfortunately, Donald Trump hasn't really uh, addressed how he's going to handle the Iran deal, except saying it's a really bad deal. And, and I've heard it, it seems to be statements coming from from his campaign afterwards that, uh, well, is he going to undo the deal? No, he's going to make the deal better. Uh, that seems to be unclear to me, uh, along with, you know, whatever he's going to do with health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's so many things that are just sort of uh, in the air because we're focusing on a lot of things that don't matter. Uh, so I, I think some people are concerned uh, about how he's going to handle himself as president. We just don't
6: know.
1: Well, we got his first hundred days are coming up, and I think if his success that he's already had in terms of bringing jobs back and and manufacturing back here, I think he's on to a good start. And you are as well as a first time caller to the Andrea K. Show, Adam. Thank you so well, much I, for being here.
2: Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Andrea.
1: All right, have a good day. Okay, we are going to quickly shift gears, and we come back. We. Adam talked about Obamacare. That's one of the first uh, programs and policies that's going to be addressed by Donald Trump in his first 100 days. And I actually have an amazing guest coming up on the other side of the break who is actually the executive director for the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And you're going to really be interested in what she has to say.
4: Want more, Andrea Kaye?
0: Only's legacy.
5: your dream home
4: you're listening to the andrea k show on am 1170 the answer
1: welcome back to the andrea k show Ooh, that's a great song from my next segment kind of ties into healthcare, care i think got a bad case of something um obamacare has a bad case of Really, policy gone really, really wrong. I mean, it is is—it is so sickly. It is like stinking up the joint. It's a rotting corpse is what Obamacare is, or at least it's on its way to being a corpse. And according to my next guest, that's exactly what really should happen here. Um, I've got uh, here to talk about Obamacare, none other than the executive director uh, for the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. You heard me right to talk about Obamacare. Dr. Orient, welcome to the Andrea K Show.
6: Well, thank you. I certainly think you have the very apt um, analogy for Obamacare.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, you know, uh, so many people warned about this monstrosity of a policy piece of legislation before it began implemented, but Americans are such believers and they just really want to believe the best. And But then as soon as it started getting implemented, and it's not even all the way implemented yet, but just as, as the rollout was a disaster, then once it started taking effect, I mean, man, Americans got really sick over this, over this uh, soon-to-be rotting corpse. And that's when they started begging for relief from the Republican Party, gave them the majority of the houses in 2014. The Republicans did nothing. Uh, you know, Trump says he's going to repeal it and replace it. And now, you know, the Republicans have full control of the uh, white house as well as both houses of congress and now it's in their hands and the democrats are saying hey you're going to own this it's now going to be all on you some of the republicans are getting nervous there's kind of battles going on within the party some people are saying you uh, like tom cotton Rand paul paul ryan they're all saying we've got to repeal it and replace it at the same exact time others are saying just keep your hands off of it and let it die others are saying repeal it first and then we've got some time to deal with it what do you say
6: I think they need to let it die. I think that Trump needs to stop doing what Obama was doing, and that is making a little tweak here and there. That is against the law. He is—he really made thirty unilateral changes in the legislation without the help of Congress in order to to stop people from getting hurt too badly who were his friends and who had political influence. But now. They've gotten a lot of people dependent on it, or a lot of people think they're dependent on it. They think that they have this wonderful thing called coverage through Obamacare, but we never find out how many of them actually have medical care. We certainly have five times as many people who are losers as winners, who have lost the coverage that they wanted. They may have lost their coverage and their doctor in the middle of a treatment plan for something like cancer, but they're not the ones that we're, we're reading about. We're, gonna say, we're having all these people having a, a panic attack about what if they take my Obamacare away from me?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the, they'd like to call it Obamacare when the reality is, is it's insurance. It doesn't have anything to do with your ability to actually see a doctor or actually get any kind of medical procedure. And so, so well, many people are under the impression that they got this little piece of paper, this little card, and that somehow gets them access. That's not well, what's happening not, out there.
6: It's not insurance. Insurance is something that you sign up for voluntarily and you pay a premium and in case you have a disaster, the company pays you. This is a health plan and if you you have to pay in huge premiums, with Obamacare you also have a huge deductible, which makes it so expensive that a lot of people can't use it at all, and then you go to them and they tell you what you can and can't have and it's really a way of rationing medical care. They take your premiums up front, and then it's up to them to decide if, when, and how you're going to get any care. They could just just as soon say, well, you might as well take the pain pill, or you're mm-hmm. too old, or the treatment isn't cost effective, or mm-hmm. it's experimental, or it's unnecessary, or all kinds of other pretexts to deny your treatment
1: yeah in fact that's where a lot of the a lot of the money is going is just to these death panels Sarah Palin was right about the death panels you know this isn't about health care really this is about government control over the most basic part of your life and that is your health care and your health care choices and it's been such a lie perpetrated onto the American people that it's really shocking and then to and then to have them even joke about the fact that you know they that they admitted that they lied in fact his his guy I don't remember his name you know joked that the American people Jonathan Gruber Kruger was, was too stupid. Uh, in, the, in the email that I got, you listed a few things um, that Trump, actions that Trump should take immediately. Uh, what are those?
6: He should withdraw the appeal of the, of the lawsuit, the U.S. House of Representatives versus Burwell, which challenged the administrations taking money that had not been appropriated by Congress to hand over to these insurance companies that lobbied, lobbied to get the plan passed, in order to resuscitate them and keep them from going out of business, which is what they deserve to do, okay. uh, because they they um, they were counting on being bailed out by the taxpayers, and the taxpayers are out of money.
1: Okay, so um, if basically basically pull the plug, pull the life support system off this off this dying, you know, piece of flesh, right?
6: Well, Then what happens? So, because remember, the life support system is not giving without first taking. So in order to give money to these insurance companies, it has to take them. It has to take them from all taxpayers. It has to take them from people who are paying grossly inflated premiums for their health plan, which, which are so high that they don't have any money even to pay their deductible if they need medical care. So
1: there's all these people out there panicking, though, that if you pull the plug on this, that, you know, they're going to be left with nothing. But maybe what needs to happen is educate the American people that you've got nothing right now anyway. You also go on to say that, um, that he needs to order the IRS not to enforce the individual mandate.
6: Um, well, there are lots of exceptions <clears throat> to the individual mandate, and a lot of them are really completely at the discretion of the IRS. I mean, this is, this is the government is trying to force you to pay a great to be overcharged Mm -hmm. for a product that you don't need and that you don't want. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then they're just going to fine you or make you pay a tax Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you don't have the money and you don't have the health plan either. So this is just really unjust and we believe unconstitutional and the IRS should just not do it.
1: The, um, where Trump kind of set a trap for himself is that he wants to keep to the, to the provisions that are supposedly popular. Uh, The pre-existing conditions and keeping children uh, up to the age of 27, which is just so ridiculous to me. I mean, at the age of 27, I mean, my mother had, you know, three kids and my dad was overseas in Vietnam. You know what I mean? It's like ridiculous
6: uh, that we're considering that children. Republicans (laughs) is even trying to increase the age to 28. Yeah. So really young people need to buy their own insurance when they're really young before they have pre-existing. They need to own it. They should not be on their parents' policy. It makes no economic sense.
1: Right. And to me, I don't understand why health insurance is not like my car insurance or like my home insurance. I don't, I don't insure every time my faucet leaks or every time I gotta call the plumber out. You know, most of, most of my home repair when things go bad or th- bad things happen, I cover it myself. You know, well, and and I don't pay and if you I don't.
6: Didn't, if you had to pay a check writing service to do it for you, it would cost two or three times as much just like medical care does.
1: Yeah, and I don't have to pay for my next-door neighbor. I don't have to pay, you know, f- to to cover their um Uh, issues for their home because they didn't take care of their home. You know, it's like I'm having to pay for somebody's child care. I'm having to pay for people who, you know, the self-inflicted wounds in some instances with cigarette smoking, you know, and and it's like car insurance. I, you know, why, you know, I, I, I get a, a, discount because I'm a good driver and I don't have any accidents on my record and because of the kind of car I drive and I get to choose you know if I want anything beyond just straight collision well, I, you know we should be able to just have catastrophic coverage and not have to cover everything that we don't want to cover and have to cover other people.
6: Well there's a huge moral hazard in comprehensive coverage and it dri- it drives up the cost of care to outrageous levels for a whole lot of reasons the moral hazards being one of them And yet the Democrats and the Republicans still haven't figured it out that that's the reason for the cause of our problem. They need to get rid of all of these regulations in Obamacare that forbid insurance companies from offering an economically sound, sensible, and affordable type of policy like you have with your car insurance.
1: Yeah, so... it seems pretty straightforward, um, but yet they keep telling us that it's really incredibly complicated. One of the solutions the Republican Party keeps putting forth is being able to buy insurance across state lines and health savings accounts. What's really the value of those?
6: Well, I think buying insurance across state lines would enable you to get around these state mandates to pay for alcohol rehab or, or whatever the lobbyists manage to get loaded onto the plan which drives the cost way up. So it's it's a way of bringing back competition, which brings costs down. But of course, it's going to be fought to the nail by the lobbyists who got these things in the first place. Um, and a- even could be done now without without federal legislation. But the lobbyists don't want that to happen. But still, that could reduce premiums maybe 10, 15 percent, which would would certainly certainly help. Health savings accounts are a great idea and a lot of people have them and love them. It enables it enables regular people who don't have an employer owned plan to take advantage of the tax exclusion that employer-owned plans have. You know, it frees you from the income tax and more importantly for most people, from the payroll tax. If you have to buy insurance with after-tax dollars or buy medical care with after-tax dollars, it costs you twice as much mm-hmm as as it is if you get this tax. this And there really shouldn't be this f- favoritism and mm-hmm. inequity in, in the tax code.
1: Well, I just thank you so much for... for it's interesting talking to not just a, a doctor, but one who's a, an executive director of an association. It's a whole different perspective. And, um, you know, I wish that you were involved in the administration. What do you think about his pick? Uh,
6: well, we, we're in favor of Dr. Price. He is a physician. He knows... About the devastating effect, in both terms of costs and quality, of these pointless, busywork type of federal regulations inflicted on on the uh, on doctors.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens, and I hope that that uh, that they do what you recommend. So, thank you, Dr. Orion. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, all right. We got more of the Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break. We're going to have a little fun talking to someone you might have heard about who's causing quite a bit of dust-up and controversy up in Portland. His name is Kevin Kerwin. So stay tuned. More of The Andrew e. k Show coming right up.
5: you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home.
4: You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM1170 the answer.
1: Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Oh, that's a good one. Is that the Doobie Brothers? DJ Carrot sticks?
2: You are correct.
1: Oh, excellent song out of the 70s. We were just talking about the 70s. The, where were the Doobie Brothers from? Were they East Coast, West Coast? Or they I do us? not know. They did a song called Black Water that when I used to water ski in the South, Oh, black water, keep keep on rolling, Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? And I got to tell you, I used to water ski in water that was literally black. I would put my hand like an inch below the surface, I couldn't see my hand. And I'd have to sit on the back of the boat thinking, how bad do I want to ski today? I mean, like, seriously. Anyway, not to go off on that. Um, My next guest, super excited to have him. He is just suddenly busted out, went viral, because he is an absolute liberal dragon slayer. I'm super excited to have him on the show. Facebook friend of mine and media star today, Kevin Kerwin. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the Andre K. Show.
3: How you all doing?
1: I'm good. Now, um, I don't know if you just heard I, I was talking. I play
3: Blackwater or my guitar if that means anything.
1: Oh, you can? You got your guitar handy? Is it close by?
3: <laughs> I can't play it to a phone. That's for damn sure. <laughs>
1: Hey, I found out that you were uh, a a fellow Katrina survivor.
3: Yeah. I got washed out back then and uh, slammed out and hitchhiked to Baton Rouge and flew to Florida for a little while and came out to Portland, Oregon.
1: What part of town were you in?
3: Uh, Well, I I was in Algiers Point, but I Mm -hmm. had to get out, and I was bunkered down in Kenner, and they threw us out the night before, so I made it as far as Slidell and bunkered down, and then we went underwater. Yeah. So I had to swim out and then yeah. uh, hitchhike and get yeah. to the Baton Rouge airport and got out of there. Gotcha. Started yeah. my new life in uh, Portland about a year later.
1: I don't know how you – I'm from all that area. I mean, I had family that by way of every part of Louisiana, I had family from Chalmette to Slidell to Bay St. Louis to Biloxi all over – Lakefront, that every that whole area, everybody I know uh, lost property there. So I, I'm a grad, graduate of Slido High. There ain't no way I could have made it to Portland. I don't know how you're doing it up there. And sure enough, boy out of Louisiana has caught himself in some hot water up in Portland because you hung a sign up in your uh, in the front of your business, Greek Computer Repair Store. Please, if you're anywhere in the area, take your business to Greek computer repair store your sign read to all the ignorant liberals including bruce springsteen the four people who kidnapped and tortured a disabled teenager just because he supports donald trump just shows how everyone you are a, a party of complete morons i'm embarrassed to call you americans go straight to blank where you belong we've had it with you idiots who who good for you what made you decide i have to put had that-
3: it with those idiots haven't you
1: yes i have Absolutely, I have. And every time
3: you turn around, they're violently attacking something, shutting down free speech, getting in your face, calling me, threatening me. They're going to destroy my business. You know, I saw what they did with all the rallies and the bloody Trump supporters. Enough's enough. They're idiots. They're morons. I'm not going to listen to those people, you know. They think they own everything. Well, yeah. And they don't.
1: No, they do, they don't, but they think they do. They've success one of the one of the successes of the Obama administration and the left in the last 8 years is to silence those of us on the right. One of the reasons why they were shocked that Trump won was because they had successfully silenced enough Americans that Americans were literally scared to say that they supported Donald That's exactly Trump. Exactly right. Yeah, and you are fearless, especially to be doing it, cuz you're not down in BR We're doing stupid. this. Yeah, you're you're up in <laughs> Portland doing this. You've actually had some other signs up in your window. There's a I love the pic of you on uh, that I saw by the way of you with cardboard Trump. You got a sign up calling CNN the comedy news network. I mean, you are taking you got that I love the picture of the train derailment and you call the liberal party the party of lies, corruption, racism, elitism, yeah, but there, communism.
3: You know, me, uh, Kevin the Greek, I'm actually Kevin the com. But they called They they typed it out as Greek.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, see, I thought I, I married into a Greek family, see, and I thought we had that Greek connection as well as the Louisiana connection. Well,
3: actually, I got the idea from Jimmy the Greek, so I was Kevin the Geek.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so how is business, seriously?
3: Well, business is always normal for me because only conservatives use my shop and they love my signs. And they, they, they like having somebody with a voice stating what they feel. And of the thousands of emails and calls and letters and texting, everyone's saying basically the same thing. You said exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because, you know, deplorables, we all think the same. Yes. We all think, you know, exactly the same, actually. And that's where the press and everybody missed it. Because once Donald came down that escalator, went up to the podium and says, I'm running for president and those people in Washington are idiots. The people that are the, the real deplorables stayed from that moment on and you couldn't stop us.
1: Yeah. Hey, are you going to the and inauguration? History? Huh? Are you going to the inauguration? I
3: I would love to, but I don't have any way of getting there.
1: Oh well, um, you know. Hopefully, the, all this media exposure. I know that you're going to be on Tucker Carlson tonight, and in Lars Larson's radio show in a little bit. Hopefully, all well, this. I'm going
3: medi- to do a thank you, uh, thank you to Donald Trump from the Deplorable. Small night. I wrote a letter last night. I don't want to share it right now. I want to share it on Tucker's show. What? And- you go
1: share it on Tucker. Donald. No. <laughs> I love you for saying that. By the way, um, qu- last question before I got to let you go. Um, are you going to do a sign for Meryl Streep? I'm sorry, what was that? Are you going to do a sign for Meryl Streep after her little tirade at the Golden Globes, the gas bag awards? Yeah, I'm going to nominate her
3: for an Academy Award for the best action I've ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) The best action you've ever seen? Acting. Oh, the best acting you've ever seen. Well, I I can't wait to see that sign. And I'm just, hat tip to you for your courage, um, because I know that you've got to be on the receiving end of a whole lot of hate. Any death threats?
3: Oh, uh, there's everything. Not exactly death threats, but everything else. I mean, God, it's just amazing. Yeah. I, I, like, I stuck a knife in a hornet's nest and turned the handle, and they're flying all around me.
1: Mm. Well, them dirt daubers like we have in Louisiana, they, they'll sting, but they ain't going to kill you. So, you know, I think you're <laughs> fairly safe. Thank you so much for what you're doing, for using your voice and uh, taking it to them. And thanks for coming on the show tonight, Kevin. I appreciate it.
3: Thank you for calling, man.
1: All right. Have a good day. Okay. Um. Bye-bye. You know, he's got some guts, man, to be up there in Portland, to be up in Crunchytown. Hey, in the few minutes we have left, you know, this is the time where I usually do my last week's full, this week's tool award. Kevin is my hero because this is a, just an average dude with, you know, who's, um, who decided to use his voice because the American people were being told, being bullied into submission it's been tyrannical what's happened to our First Amendment rights. And so to, to hear an average guy, a guy out of my home state, man, a, you know, a dude out of the bayou. He's going to be on Tucker's show tonight and media. I'm hoping he gets an invitation to the inauguration because I think he's deserved it. Last week's Fool, this week's Tool. And the award goes to Meryl Streep. Meryl, next time, wash your hair before you decide to do something like this. Um, I did want to end the show, though, on a little upbeat Um, the uh, the AK follow-up segment. A while back, everybody was up in arms. So many times you hear these big stories and they're all over the news and you never hear any follow-up on it. It makes me crazy. So I decided to maybe you know circle back. The circle back segment. Um, you know We heard about how the California National Guard was going back a, 10 years later to retrieve bonuses that were supposedly wrongfully given out. And it became a huge scandal. We had uh, young Duncan here in San Diego at, at the forefront of it. Uh, well, Steve Soroka, who's um, former military, has been a guest on the show. Sent me a DOD update on the National Guard bonuses. That right now they are actually going back through and forgiving the debts. It's going to take a little time to do it because they got to go back through um, all the different. Um, you know claims that were made to to determine and it makes sense because basically what they need to do is make sure that somebody actually did go to the deployment, did get called up and did actually serve and they're going to forget. They're actually going to forgive the debt. They're actually going to take it even a step further and I'm really pleased to read this, that they're actually going to go back through and look at older debts, smaller debts, cases with people who are junior in rank who wouldn't necessarily uh, be expected to know of eligibility criteria. So basically they're going back through and doing and everything they can uh, to forgive the debts that, that have been levied against our heroes. I mean, it's actually shocking to think that we would do this. But, you know, nothing should shock us anymore after eight years. It's been like a shock and awe of trampling every aspect of our, our society, corrupting every level of our government from the Department of – the DOD used to be the one area – that wasn't corrupted, that wasn't politicized. And when we now have politi- the politi- politicization, I can never say that word, of our military, that's when you know, it, it, that's when America had to take our take our country back. This morning, uh, the confirmation hearing started on Jeff Sessions. It's clear what the game is, what the game is going to be for the next 100 days and beyond. It's every one of the Trump administration, every nominee and Trump himself, we're, they're all going to be Meryl Streeped, and it's going to be one constant personal assassination attempt after another. Basically, this morning, they were trying to re-campaign. They were trying to re the entire election, trying to drag his name through the mud to his face. Every bit of it was what a class act session was, basically calling them out for, for the lies against him while at the same time maintaining his composure. Um, It's egregious, the hypocrisy and the double standards. Like I said at the top of the show, you know, in terms of – expecting us to suspend our disbelief. Uh, forget, ignore all the facts in front of your face here. I mean, to hear Feinstein sit and lecture today about needing an attorney general who's going to uphold the Constitution and apply the law equally. I mean, are you kidding me? We're really supposed to believe that the left gives a crap about the U.S. Constitution after Obama has trampled it? It's, it's insane that they they still have not gotten it. They, they don't get it. Feinstein, what she did today, was no different than Meryl Streep. They don't get it. And I'm glad they don't get it because as long as they continue to not get it, Trump will continue and the Republican Party will continue to have more and more success and continue to be reelected. I'm hoping our little experiment worked out today that we did, broadcasting Facebook Live while recording tonight's show. Thank you all for, for participating in that, everybody watching on Facebook. And tonight's listeners, thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. I'm hoping I'm already missing, though. Welcome, Joe, to our team here at the station. Glad to have him. Thank you, Chris, for making this possible. If Joe was here, I'd ask him to say a couple of words. Um, and, and Polly's in the background as well. Uh, but to DJ Dijon who's who's going to be heading out of town. We miss you already. We love you, but we wish you well. Everybody, try to give him some love next week in his first. I'm going to post the link to his show down in Hattiesburg next week. No, I will not be listening to Obama's speech tonight. I ain't even interested in his farewell speech. Hit the road, Joe. I need my gong. Who remembers the gong show? Somebody needs to be gonging him out of here. And speaking of out of here, I am out of here. Love you all. Have a great night
5: on, on oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi, moon,
3: won't you keep on shining on oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi, moon, won't you keep on shining on